time now for Gator Guys Sports Spectacular with your hosts, Larry Smith, Brad Sturdy, and Mike Kegley. Gator Guys Sports Spectacular, Larry Smith, Mike Kegley, Brad Sturdy. Glad you're with us here for another week. Um, it is the off week, uh, getting ready for next week in Jacksonville. And guys, look, uh, you know, for all the hand-wringing, all the prognosticating, all the looking at what's wrong and what's right, uh, the Gators right here where they'd like to be, 3-1 and one in conference, 5-2 and two overall. But look, you knock off the Bulldogs next week, and you're right there. You're in the driver's seat to get to Atlanta for the SEC title game. <laughs> How scary is that? Yeah, they would be. I mean, they would be right there just win the SEC games. and. You know, they've had a obviously they've already um you know lost a non-conference game, have another really tough non-conference game coming up with Florida State at the end. But I, I think Florida is getting better. Um I never thought I'd see a day when I see Graham Mertz throw for 400 plus yards um in the SEC when I watched him. 423 yards passing. Um, but they have to get better. I thought this defense was better than this earlier. Um, especially after the Tennessee game, they have to get better defensively and and they have to run the football. I mean, they have some running backs. They've got to find a way to get those guys uh, some, some attempts. They threw the ball 48 times. I know they were coming back and things, but man, establish a running game. Yeah. The, the defense has been good, but then, like I said, that, that even had struggled against South Carolina somehow the you know like i said the team the team has they they were they were able to come back got to be happy about that but the consistency is not what they wanted in the end though if i'm coach napier i'm just really thrilled that i got my team to win on the road it's not easy in the sec and florida hasn't been able to do that in a while and they finally doesn't matter what the final score is and it doesn't matter what the the what it looks like they got the w on the road and that's all that people will remember well some people um others will remember the other coach uh Shane Beamer breaking his foot kicking something in frustration <laughs> yeah i don't blame him i might have kicked something too i may have punched <laughs> something kicked something i don't know yeah more than one broken bone after that one yeah it's possible. Yeah, we we had a coach one time at halftime take all the on a homecoming game was mad at our play and took all the bunting and threw it into a pile on our on the scale that we all weighed ourselves to make sure we didn't lose too much weight. And then at the end of halftime, kicked the bunting, forgetting that the scale was there. Oh. And that scale went up and hit a locker and um I think coach broke his toe doing it. So it was, it was a great special effect. He just needs to remember that when you throw bunting in a pile, you have to think of what you threw it on. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I, I was through a clipboard, like threw a clipboard down and it hit the gym floor and slid across and, and hit some girl in the, in the, like in the, in like her shin, it bounced up, hit her in the shin. She's just sitting there and I know it hurt, but she was like, it hurt. I'm okay. And I know she was dying. She's sitting there. Going, Nowadays, Brad, that'd be a lawsuit and she'd be paralyzed. <laughs> probably. Probably. It's back in the day. It was stuff like you guys said, yeah. uh, Gamecocks and Mertz, uh, two touchdown passes, uh, um, you know, in the final five minutes as they uh, got that win 41 39. So, you know, now you're Florida. Um, you know, I guess 
look, like you said, you know, Bradley got to run better. Um, you, you got to, and, and you've got to find a way again to get, get some success, um, some consistent success away from home. Um, this is up in Jacksonville, but at the same time, you've got a Georgia team now, and you were talking in the break. Um, it's got some issues with with Brock Bowers being out, and he. There's no question he may be back possibly by the end of the regular season. He will not be in uniform um, next week in Jacksonville. Yeah, and he's the. And you know we don't often think of tight ends as being that important. Like we don't, but you know we should be looking at the NFL model right now. I mean, tight ends are so important they get to date you know music stars. So this this is the kind of thing like um that, that you have to realize this is their security blank he's that guy on third down and four or five he's our he's their go-to guy so now you gotta replace that and, and do you have that comfort level with the guy who's coming in there and and he's he's really good like I say I mean this is losing a legit potential first round draft pick tight end and, and that's important that's that that me that makes a difference that's a different team without him yeah, and, and George is going to have to figure out how do you dial up the pressure on Graham Mertz? You you can't allow him to have the type of day he had against South Carolina. You know, he's proven the fact that if you give him a little bit of time and you give him some passing lanes, that he can take advantage of those opportunities. And Georgia now knows that you have to dial something up and you got to make him think a little bit and uh, something tells me that Kirby smart will be able to dial something up and he knows that he won't get the type of production out of his offense without their number one guy. Yeah. Bowers is the number one guy. He's uh, he's amazing. Uh, Florida versus Georgia next week. So it's an off week for the Gators. Here's head coach uh, Billy Napier talking to the media earlier this week. Um, We've got a staff that goes about their business the right way, you know. Um, it's a fun group to coach. You know, it's, a, it's fun to come to work every day. You know, we've been through some battles. I think sometimes those tough things that you go through in life, in the game of football, I think it resembles life as much as anything, right? It prepares you for something that's ahead, right? Uh, and I think the character of this group, their ability to kind of sort through um, winning and losing, right? To look each other in the eye, um, to have some integrity, to take ownership of the things that they can do better at the player level, at the staff level. Um, and look, you know, we, we've struggled on the road. And certainly tonight was one heck of a football game. Uh, but I do think some of the toughness that we've built, some of the resolve that we've built, the relationships, this group has done nothing but get closer. I think it's almost galvanized the group. And we came here today uh, to prove something. And um, what a way to win a football game, right? Yeah, I think it's probably more important to remember what we felt like in the past than it is to remember how we feel right now. Look, the game was won during the week, in my opinion. We had the best week we've had. We worked on Sunday evening. You know, we challenge the staff, we challenge the players, do a little extra this week, right? I'll be walking around the building throughout the day and see a guy doing something. You know, and it was like extra. You know, that was kind of the theme. Right? I see Graham Mertz, and he was adding a little bit on top of what he already does, right? So um, we had a fantastic Tuesday, Wednesday. Those two days in particular were our best days we've had. And look, I'm talking, I'm not just talking about players, I'm talking about all parts of our 
organization from equipment video to the look squad. I mean, our, our job taking defense this year, this week was outstanding. I mean, we have a group of about probably 17, 18 kids that simulate South Carolina's defense. We call them job takers, right? And uh, they were phenomenal. And the accuracy of the looks, um, the effort that they gave, I mean, it, it takes a team. And um, I thought all parts of the team had a good week. And ultimately, the character and resolve of the team is what, that's what's impressive to me. Yeah, I, Napier had the right things to say. You know, they're growing as a team. You know, he's building a program, getting better. But I'm telling you what, if he wants to, like, quiet everyone, all he has to do is beat Georgia on the 28th of October. And then it's there's no more talk about how the rebuild's taking too long and it's this and that. It's going to be like, we're back, baby. Let's go. Well, and look, you know, for years, all that any heavyweight had to do was beat, beat Mike Tyson and – that would be the, the they would be the guy whose whose you know name was on everybody's lips, and it took Buster Douglas to do it. So nobody anticipated that was going to happen. I think uh, if Florida can pull this upset, it would be one of the big upsets of uh, college football, you know, that we've seen in a while. Because I don't think there's many people who think they're capable of pulling it off. It would be a fantastic victory, one that would be maybe the program changer for coach Napier and certainly one that he's already got a strong class lined up. He could use that to elevate to the next level in recruiting. Yeah, you're right. You talk about, again, we've, you know, everyone's got the, you know, the, the boo birds out and then they've got the victory flags, like almost alternate weeks. Um, you beat Georgia to your point, Brad, and um, put those loser flags away for the rest of the year. It'd be real hard to, to, to pull those out after you finally, uh, knock off the Bulldogs. Um, there's no question about that. Yeah, this is this. That's how. You, well, that's what you do. You win this game, and, and you're going to this game like you play free and easy because you have nothing to lose as your Florida. I think that's the difference. If it's tight and Georgia doesn't have their guy, I think that's what Florida has to do is keep it close. And Georgia doesn't have their go-to guy. Put them in a tough spot. Make their quarterback make it make decisions because before he had a go-to guy, he had his tight end. He had his, he had Bowers. Now he doesn't have him. And so now you're putting him in a difficult situation. Yeah. You, you know, he, he, he hope he makes a mistake and maybe you can steal one. I mean, I don't think there's any chance that Florida is going to go in and like dominate Georgia or anything like that, but you hang around, you find a way to just keep it close. So you have a chance at the end. And if they can do that, that's how upsets happen. I mean, and they have nothing to lose and George is playing for everything. So if you're Kirby smart, do you, do you realize that, you know, if I can put these guys down early, we can, we can get out of this. Do, do you, you know, gin up the defense? Do you take more chances on offense and see if you can get a quick strike? See if you can get a, a pick six or a, a you know a sack and a fumble for a touchdown. Do you do you really amp up the pressure early? Try to deliver that knockout blow in the first quarter. Yeah, I agree. I think that's what he does. He comes after them because I don't think they're ready for the athletes that Georgia has. They have the best you know best roster in the country. So yeah, I, I think that's what I would do and try and get that. But college football coaches are generally conservative. Yes, they they are. You know they don't want to like make a mistake that costs them a game. They, they are risk averse. Well, we saw, and we saw that in the big 10 last, last week with Maryland, 
yeah. who was who was playing not to make any mistakes as opposed to win a football game at times. Yeah, yeah. no, exactly right. Uh, so the off week this week for the Gators before uh, heading up to Jacksonville, um, up to the Jags Stadium, the Gator Bowl, and uh, to take on uh, the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, more to come on this. Uh, stay with us because we've got uh, Kevin Brockway of the Gainesville Sun is joining for more insight on this Gators program during this bye week. Uh, but up next, we step outside and uh, look at some other headlines, uh, including um, Deion Sanders and uh, <laughs> what he had to talk about to his team's game last week as he gets ready to move forward. Um, Neon Dion, Coach Prime, as he likes to be called right now. Always entertaining. Keep it here. This is the Gator Guys Sports Spectacular. Packages start at $29.99 a month with signed agreement. Restrictions apply. Speak to a representative for complete offer details. See Vivint.com for license details. Terms and conditions apply. Homeowners, if you're looking for the best in home security and smart home technology at a price you can actually afford, we have great news. Now you can get Vivint's award-winning home security systems starting at about a dollar a day. U.S. News & World Report has recognized Vivint as the best professionally installed home security system of 2022. And right now, you can get Vivint's home security technology for about a dollar a day. Plus, get free professional installation from a licensed technician. Protect your home and loved ones for as low as a dollar a day. Call right now for your free home security consultation. 800-613-8053. 800-613-8053. 800 That's 800 613 State looking for their first win ever against Boise State. One final shot. Fowler Nicolosi chucking it into the end zone. Everybody is there. Is it caught? Is it caught? Colorado State. Dallin Holker makes the catch. It's a miracle in Fort Collins. Give the courtesy to FS1 on that one. What a way to finish Colorado State to getting its first ever win last weekend. Uh, over Boise State, um, what a year it's been in football, huh? I mean, you know, that's one side, you know, from the sublime to the ridiculous, I guess, uh, to quote uh, one Bob Costas back in the day. On the other side, Colorado, the Buffaloes, um, massive lead, right, uh, against Stanford. Uh, one win, Stanford, and yet <laughs> the Cardo comes back, biggest comeback in school history. Uh, to knock off the buffs um, and a bit of that luster coming off again, Deion Sanders. Coach Prime talking uh, a bit later about his team really just uh, just didn't show up in the second half. Just didn't like how I felt going in at halftime. We come back out and here comes the complacency. Here comes that team that I can't stand, that you can't stand, that you can't understand how in the world that happens to us. But it did and uh, didn't turn it back on, I think, until – late in the fourth quarter when we were able to go down and, and get a score and we go down and then they tied up and we got overtime and you don't want to go in overtime because they, they have nothing to lose. Nothing to lose. I was surprised that they kicked the field goal the first time. I thought they was just going to go for two and try their best to get it over with. When it all started, that's when all the foolishness, all the complacency, all the mess started. I mean, we, how in the world we give up a, Jesus. Uh, our secondary did not play the best game, especially at the cornerback position. You listen to that soundbite. 
he is not a happy camper, is he? I mean, he's a little, you can see he's just completely flustered. Um, you know, and he just, I, I get it, you know, but now you wonder like how many of these guys is he going to have to, he's going to have to send another 40 guys packing in the off season <laughs> to bring in more in the transfer portal. Yeah, there's, there's, you, you know, the bottom line is, I guess, as a coach, everything that happens under that, under you in that program kind of bubbles up to the head coach. And sometimes you have to own the bad stuff just like you do the good. And I wonder if Dion's going to sit there and you remember that reporter that he, that he like singled out for not believing in him. Is he going to single that guy out and go, Hey, I didn't do so good this week. Did I, but I guess he probably isn't going to do that this week. (laughs) No, I don't think so. And and, you know, it comes back to, it's one of those again, that it's college football and stuff happens. Yeah. Um, And I think this is where, you know, look, the, 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 the three and old start, it was awesome, but we all knew at some point it's going to come to an end. Um, but this is one of those where, again, you've you've got the hype going, et cetera, but you got to come out. You know, our, our producer, Tony Cordero, had a, had a great comment in our, our production meeting and said, you know, Dion was all mad, right? He didn't he didn't want to stay up late and play the 10 p.m. Eastern kickoff uh, or whatever it was on on a Friday night. I mean, he didn't want to. And as Tony said, you know, his guys went to bed at halftime. But dum bum they clearly did. I mean, they looked like they were asleep, you know, for sure in the second half as they were chasing Stanford. It's not exactly like Stanford is a juggernaut offense either, right? I mean, so this is not to give up that many points. Um, it is got to be a little bit frustrating. But, you know, they get a bye week, and so hopefully they can get, you know, everybody he- healthy and get ready to go. But, you know, they've got their four wins, and they got to get to six. And I don't know that they have a – win five and six on the schedule coming up. I, I don't know that they get there. It's still a great story. I mean, he's, you know, one, they were terrible last year and they won four games this year against a, a pretty tough schedule and got some nice wins, but yeah, I just don't think, I don't know. I don't see two more wins. This was why at the start of the season, when I, I was like, Mr. Stick in the mud, it's, it's like the schedule's really tough and what he's done is great, but let's not declare victory too early. You've got a team that can score points, but can't win games, and and that's what college football is all about. You've got a team in Iowa that can't score points, but somehow can win games. It it doesn't have to make sense. It just is. <laughs> they they score more points in one game than Iowa gives up all season, and they give up more <laughs> points in one game than Iowa gives up all season. Exactly. Exactly. Excellent point. Excellent point. All right. A timeout now. The The conversation continues after this. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. We specialize in helping the self-employed and people just like you that need affordable health insurance to get it. We have short and long-term health insurance plans and some even cover dental, vision, and prescription drugs. Don't take a risk with your family's health insurance, it's not worth it. If you're self-employed or now need affordable health insurance, call right now and learn for free how to get it. Listen, affordable health insurance plans for everyone just like you are a free phone call away. So give us a shout right now. 800-373-8414. 800-373-8414. 
800-373-8414. That's 800-373-8414. You're listening to the Gator Guys Radio Network. Joining us now, he's the beat writer, the Gators beat writer for the Gainesville Sun, also the Gannett Network. He's back on the show, Kevin Brockway, to give us uh, his insights. Uh, Kevin, good to have you back. Good to talk with you. Um, Gators going into this, as we talked about, this much-needed break before um, I still call it the world's largest cocktail party. I know that's taboo. I'm just old-fashioned. <laughs> I know. Don't 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 at me on social media. Um, but the the big game, if you will, uh, next weekend in Jacksonville. Um, you know, let's first off, let's just finish off this the game last week we were just talking about. Um, this was a win. Florida needed. I mean, you you know, you know, you can't look nothing against the Gamecocks, but but if you want to get to where you want to get to this season and try to get to a higher level than you were last season, and with the finishing schedule that the Gators have, um, this was a must win on the schedule. Yeah, and I had to prove you could win on the road too, Larry. I mean, they had had a, a four game road losing streak dating back to last season, and that was uh, kind of uh, the big albatross across Billy Napier's neck, one and seven away from the swamp. Um, you know, and they came out and they started fast, uh, but the defense uh, certainly uh, had a lot of issues, uh, particularly, uh, you know, uh, stopping Spencer Rattler, who, who was on his game. Um, and you go in the fourth quarter, trailing 37-27, uh, not looking so good, nine minutes to go. You know, you have a kick blocked earlier in, in the fourth quarter, uh, but Graham Mertz really turned it on, and that passing game really turned it on, and they did it. Um, you know, granted against the SEC's worst pass defense in South Carolina, but still, uh, when they really needed those two drives, they got them. They got a stop in between a defensive stop that was much needed. Um, and uh, a little bit of a, you know, I called it the divine reception, the ball that went off of Pearsall and into Eugene Wilson's hands. Uh, a little bit of luck, but uh, that came out. And then the touchdown pass to Pearsall with, you know, 47 seconds left um, was, uh, you know, what, what put them ahead for good. And, uh, certainly, uh, getting that road win and being five and two going to the bye week, three and one in the SEC looks a lot better than four and three. Yeah, and after that game, you know, there was a lot of a lot of folks watching other games and and looking across America, thinking, "Well, Florida's done. They're down by ten. Is this now Graham Mertz's team? Is this is this a, you know the team that is it now his team a hundred percent?" I believe so. I mean, I think Billy Napier has always had trust in him, uh, but what he showed in that game, you know, three fourth down conversions in those last two drives as well. I mean, it was, you know, pushed to the brink, having to make big completions and big spots, and he did it. Um, you know, on the last drive, it's fourth and 10. He rolls out of the pocket and finds Ricky Pearsall. But uh, yeah, Graham has definitely shown this season um, to have toughness. I mean, he's been hit a lot, he's been sacked a lot, he's gotten back up just about every time. And uh, I think that, uh, you know, he's the guy going forward that they're going to put the trust in in this offense. I mean, they, he, he, I, I think, you know, Billy Napier is still a guy that wants to establish a run uh, with Trevor Etienne and Montreal Johnson first. But if that's not working, um, you know, they're definitely looking to Graham in the passing game. And, you know, some more weapons are emerging. You know, you take a look at a guy like Eugene Wilson, as I mentioned, a freshman, uh, Arliss Boardingham, a tight end has come on in the last few weeks and that helps open up the field when you have a receiving threat at tight end. Um, so I think with, with Graham Mertz spreading the ball around they're they're starting to figure some things out offensively. And, you know, your last two games, 38 against Vanderbilt and 41 against South Carolina, uh, starting to put up the kind of points that Florida fans want to see 
uh, and have been clamoring for since uh, Billy Napier was hired. Talking with Kevin Brockway, the Gainesville Sun. And, you know, Kevin, as you know, this is a time of year with this Florida program that, you know, it's it's always that you kind of stop and you 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 kind of do a, you know, you do a gut check, right? You go through and you you, you look through the, the cupboard, see what you got, uh, what you need. Um, this is a program that already has had so many ups and downs just in the season. You know, we've talked so much before about the opening loss at Utah. You come back, you get the big win against Tennessee. Um, and then you fall again, you know, later at Kentucky. Um, but in the SEC right now, you're three and one. Um, and you you get a chance to take on uh, your your nemesis, Georgia, um, with if you can pull off the win, you're right there. And now you're back in the driver's seat in the SEC East. I mean, did you ever as we started the season, you were leaving, you know, on your plane, leaving Salt Lake City to come back. Did you ever think this team at that point, the way they looked in that first game would be here for the chance to take control of the East? Would they, would they win I, beat Georgia? I mean, I think it was a little more bleak after Kentucky uh, because, you know, you still have the whole SEC season ahead of you and you yeah. you, re- you realize that Utah is a pretty good team and, and they have been a very good defensive team. Uh, yeah, but then, you know, you upset Tennessee and you think, hey, look, you know, maybe it's possible. Uh, but then to lay an egg at Kentucky and to, you know, be down 23 nothing in that game and not come back uh, certainly – uh, you know, create a lot of noise in the system to start the month of October for Billy Napier. And uh, he had to figure some things out. And so far they have. And, you know, you talk about this Georgia game uh, and, uh, you know, I guess they say never root for injury, but uh, Brock Bowers, the All-American tight end being out too, uh, certainly <laughs> helps Florida. He only had a five for 150 and a touchdown last year against the Gators. Uh, so certainly, you know, Georgia is going to be going to the game without its best player. Um, you know, that certainly uh, will help Florida's cause a little bit as, as Georgia tries to retool offensively. Um, but, you know, the one thing about Florida's defense is, uh, you know, pass defense-wise, it has slipped the last couple of weeks against Vanderbilt uh, and against South Carolina. They've given up a lot of big plays. They've given up six touchdown passes the last two weeks. That's an area on the bye week they're really going to need to kind of address and retool. And maybe some of that youth at safety playing Jordan Castell, uh, is showing and, and Jason Marshall, the preseason all SEC corner hasn't had the greatest year either. So they're going to have to, I think that's an area where they're going to have to really focus on in the secondary, even without Brack Bowers going to that game. Cause Carson Beck's got a lot of other weapons there. Who who's going to need to get healthy in this uh, time off to help the final push because Florida has a heck of a schedule. When you look at Georgia Arkansas, LSU, Missouri, and Florida State. That's four ranked teams in five weeks. That's uh that's not an easy that's a not an easy gauntlet to have to run. Yeah, I think it starts with the center, starting center Kingsley Agakin, who has missed five or seven games. And you know, Jake Slaughter has filled in admirably, I would say, but uh Kingsley gives you a ve- veteran presence there. You know, he played against Tennessee and then he tried to play against Kentucky and you could tell wasn't really 100% in that game. He's been dealing with a really a lower leg issue all season. Uh, so I think they're thinking, fingers crossed, the bye week uh, will get him healthy for the second half because the offensive line, I think, is another area of concern, too. You know, last year, um, that was an area that was a, a huge strength for Florida was this offensive line, its ability to protect Anthony Richardson, 5.5 yards per game on the ground. It has not been nearly as good. And one of the reasons is you lose an All-American uh, to the you know NFL draft and Osiris Torrance is playing for the Buffalo Bills right now. He's starting. So um, some of the replacements that they brought in the transfer portal have been kind of up and down. Damian George, Micah Mazuka, uh, you know. So I, I think right now 
if they can get Kingsley Agakin back to solidify that offensive line, that will that would go a long way in helping and certainly protecting Graham Mertz, keeping him healthy, which is vital for the second half of the season. Uh, but I'll give Graham Mertz a lot of credit, man. He has been whacked. I mean, in, on that last touchdown pass to Pearsall, he was whacked. And every time this kid gets hit, he just comes back up. It's, uh, it, it's amazing to see. Um, some quarterbacks, I know they know how to fall maybe, and, and maybe that's part of it, but he's taken a lot of licks in the SEC and he's uh, kept on ticking, so to speak. <laughs> Kevin, I want to get uh, one more question in for you here. What are you looking forward to most um, about going to Jacksonville next week for this game? Oh, just, you know, every year the pageantry, seeing the stadium 50-50 is always a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, the, the tailgate lots are kind of crazy and it's it's a, definitely a festive atmosphere. Um, and then I think just the game itself, you know, the fact that you know, Georgia comes in on this 23-game winning streak. Uh, but, hey, look, they have been tested this season. I mean, they were on the ropes against Auburn. They were trailing at the half against South Carolina. I don't think this is quite the invincible Georgia team uh, that may be projected in the beginning of the season. Now, are they rounding in a form? Yeah, I mean, they certainly they they whacked Kentucky pretty good um, and, uh, you know, got through the Vanderbilt game and, and beat them somewhat handily despite losing Brock Bowers in the process. But um, this will be an interesting I, – I think this is going to be a tougher test for Georgia than they think. Not saying that Florida's going to pull off the upset, but I think Florida's definitely going to go in there and, and give them a game. I think, I think there's a feeling – uh, a little growing confidence, uh, you know, in the in this Florida group under Billy Napier that uh, they can get some things done, particularly offensively uh, behind Graham Mertz this season. Yeah, they, these games are always epic, uh, and we expect another one. Very quickly, does this game ever go to home field? I know there's been some talk on the Georgia side moving it, moving into home stadiums. Do you see that happening anytime soon? If it's up to Kirby Smart, it will. But uh, as of now. Um, I think there's a financial benefit for it to stay in Jacksonville, a significant yeah. financial benefit to do so. Uh, and Jacksonville is going to continue pointing up the money. Now there is talk about Jacksonville is going to try to renovate the stadium for the Jaguars, uh, you know, to keep the Jaguars there. And if that happens, uh, you could see another two year thing like you had in the 1990s where they go back and forth on campus sites. And it would be pretty cool to go up to Sanford stadium for a game, I think, and just to see it and to see that, uh, what, what that college atmosphere is like in Georgia. I think that would be, uh, I think that'd be be fun, you know, for sure. So we'll we'll see how it transpires uh, the next three or four years. Yeah, be it'd be a nice break, but only a break. Uh, let's bring it back. And yeah. you're right; it would be cool to play in that stadium, uh, already renovated once when the Jags started, and to get the Super Bowl there more than 20 years ago. And now to see what the plans that they have with it now would be great to to see. Hey, Kevin, we will leave it there. We always appreciate to your time. Enjoy the weekend off. Um, always unusual, right, during the football season. And uh, yeah. Yeah, it's nice to take a, little, take a little break uh, down to South Florida. I might see my alma mater uh, play Clemson. So uh, ah. we'll, we'll see if the we'll see if the Hurricanes can pull it out. There you go. They <laughs> okay. need your help. They need your help, Kevin. <laughs> they do. <laughs> Clock management. You know what I mean. <laughs> That's right, Kevin. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you, guys. Take All care. right. It's- Kevin Brockway, again, he's the Gators beat writer, the Gainesville Sun, and the Gannett Network right back here with us, and we're always uh, thrilled to have him on. Hey, stay with us. More to come after this. How is your car payment treating you? What if I told you you could make a free phone call right now and reduce your car payment by as much as $83 a month? Look at your car payment closely. You could be paying as high as 20% interest. Rate Genius can help you reduce your car payments by reducing your interest rate to as low as 2.48% APR. We can refinance most existing car loans or leased cars, new or used, and save you money every month. Put more money back in your pocket 
The call is free to find out how low we can lower your car payment. Five minutes of your time right now could save you hundreds of dollars a year. Call Rate Genius now. 800-425-1161. 800-425-1161. That's 800-425-1161. Not all applicants qualify for a loan or rate savings. Actual offer terms, including APR, are determined at the time of your application based on creditworthiness, value of the vehicle, loan term, and other factors. Uh, we're talking here the commercial break. Uh, best tackle of the year. And you guys have a consensus. It it was not in football. (laughs) (laughs) It was not. Philly's fan got a little bit excited and and he paid for that excitement. Um, And uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was kind of, was kind of awesome to be honest. I mean, security (laughs) guard. And then the response of the players was excellent. You know, the bullpen was out there and they were like, Whoa, what happened? So yeah, this is great. Hey, it's a, it's a Philly fan. That guy's lucky he didn't get the hell beat out of him. <laughs> you know, in, in Philadelphia, he could have, uh, on top of a, a grade A fantastic tackle, he could have been beaten senseless after he got driven to the ground. So, uh, th- like I said, I think maybe it was a good fortune that it just stopped at a at a picture perfect tackle. Yeah, security guard just 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 leveled him. I mean, just, I mean, it was beautiful. I mean, yeah. you know, somewhere there's a high school football coach going, I taught him that. <laughs> <laughs> there is. You know, there is exactly another good story this year. Uh, first off, North Carolina hats off to Mac Brown, maybe the most underrated coach in college football. All he does is win national title at Texas, um, had them on top. He, he had North Carolina winning before he went to Texas. He's back at Carolina undefeated right going into uh you know maybe trying to stay alive for maybe eventually a a, a football berth um but a big story too uh, uh the kid walker scoring three touchdowns big game in him only a second game back since he was finally ruled eligible by the ncaa he's been trying to become eligible all this season finally on the field and he makes a big impact yeah obviously that's a pretty big ad for them i mean good for him i'm glad he's back and huge addition for them but i'm telling you you know we're 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 trending toward a North Carolina college football playoff. I mean, if they can oh. take care, I mean, they got a couple games to win, but I mean, they they're, I mean, they got the quarterback right, and and he's pretty good. Yeah, at any level of football, you get the right guy at quarterback, and you got a good chance of winning some games. But let me ask what you guys think on this. But does Walker's case now open up the door, sets a precedent for? unlimited transfers and never sitting out. Well, we've seen guys not get it though. Yeah. You know I mean? Not get a waiver. So I, I don't know. I mean, I think it's possible that I mean, it's going to happen in certain situations, but I, I think the only, the only thing coaches have going for them is that second transfer. That's how they keep those kids. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's, again, we've talked before. Um, I, I did a radio show in Lexington, Kentucky earlier this week and talked about that. And he, he said, if you were the commissioner of college basketball, what would you do? I said, right away, I would I would jump in NIL. I would I would get in my time machine. Either I'm Denzel in the movie Deja Vu or I'm, you know, uh, Marty McFly. But I'm going to go back and, you know, <laughs> get in my DeLorean and go back five years and, like, reset all the rules the way they should have done at the beginning and actually have some a template. I'm not saying what the template should be. There just needs to be a template. That, that you follow as you move through it forward with this. Uh, by the way, North Carolina, again, uh, like you said, uh, first time, I just saw a stat, it was pretty cool. Uh, first time 
uh, for them since 1914 that they've scored at least 30 points in each of their first six games. Um, first time since 97, they've started 6-0. and Could be 9-0 and before Duke comes in on November 11th. Um, fun team to watch, this Heels team. And again, Mac Brown, uh, hats off to him. Uh, another story, uh, by the way, Purdue. Do you see the kid kicking the field goals? Um, <laughs> <laughs> this was impressive. The, uh, you know, I, I tell you what, it, it, the, it's great that he kicked field goals. That's impressive. But it is so bad when then your kicker comes out and misses the same field goal. That That's not good. <laughs> not good for Purdue. And, and, you know, first off, kickers across the country have to be like, don't run this promotion. Please don't do this. We don't need anybody. We don't need some kid coming out of the crowd, you know, three sheets to the wind. So he doesn't care, has no pressure because he's drunk and he can just go ahead and start kicking field goals. Like no problem. You know, I mean, that's the last thing they need. And then when you think like on a college campus, that's the other, the other side, I could never figure out why on a college campus, especially like a big 10 sec school, when you see the number of soccer fields and the number of foreign exchange students who come in and why you would have a bad kicker, because I can go over to a soccer field and see some phenomenal athletes doing incredible things with a soccer ball that it doesn't take too much to say, Hey, come over here. I got, I, I, I want to see you kick a football through these goalposts. And then I want to see how far you can punt one of these things. Yeah. I'm sorry. You know, with and with NIL, make it a contest. Go over and say, listen, whoever wins this contest, 25 grand right here, and we'll give you a car. That's kind of what this kid got. So he's a the kid comes out of the stand, second quarter promotion, uh, made three kicks. Um, one was a 40-yarder, and as a result, he got a two-year car lease. And to your point, Purdue's kicker, 0-3 from field goals. So including a 40-yarder, to your point. Now, there's no lineman in front of him. So right, yeah. I mean, it does make a difference. I mean, maybe yeah, that's a little scary. Yeah, but here's yeah. the thing: one guy's getting a scholarship, one guy's getting a two-year car lease. Yeah, so I, yeah. I don't know which one's more valuable. What kind of car was it? Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Not sure. Got a Lamborghini. Yeah. <laughs> was it? You know, uh, that's the new thing. He just got. He just got the NIL car lease. <laughs> yeah. So 68 VW. Yeah. Stick. <laughs> All right. More after this. Hey, airline travelers, let's say you have a problem and you need to change or cancel an existing airline reservation. What do you do? Well, Skywatch is a free service that can help anyone with any airline reservation fix it. Whether you want to cancel it, change your dates, or add passengers, we can help fix your airline reservations so you get exactly what you need. We've updated our computer database and now have access to every airline around the globe. So now you can make one phone call, regardless of who booked your airline ticket, and we'll change it, cancel it, and fix it for you. We know the insider secrets to fixing reservations that the airlines don't want you to know about. So if you need to cancel, change, or modify an existing airline reservation, call Skywatch right now. It's a free call, so let us fix it for you. 800-413-7158. 800-413-7158. That's 800-413-7158. Well, I know you guys can keep track at home because guess who's keeping track at his home? Mr. Sturdy. Uh, 
have you have you in our in our picks? You know, we end each show. We you know, we make some picks, right? Have you missed a game yet? One. I think I'm like fourteen and one. Wow. Not that I'm counting. No, no, no counting. of course not. Well, no, no, because you wouldn't do that. That would be just be way too shallow for you to do that. Um, <laughs> so I'm definitely doing that. Let's be clear. <laughs> uh, Mr. Millimeter. Brad <laughs> 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 the Greek uh, mm-hmm. here on this show. All right, fellas, let's get to it. Let's start right here at, at you know the game of the week. Penn State at Ohio State. Who you got? I honestly might pick Penn State in this game if this game was in Happy Valley. I just think in Ohio Stadium, Penn State, Drew Aller is going to see some things. This Ohio State defense actually is pretty good. And I do think Ohio State's going to be able to soften them up a little bit in the middle to create some openings for uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. And I like Ohio State to win this game. And I think it'll be tight, though. I mean, I think I'm I'm thinking like 27-24 or something like that. Yeah, I, I the the only reason that I hesitate on Ohio State is younger quarter young quarterback, but then Penn State has one as well. But I just I don't see Ohio State losing this game. Their defense has stepped up a little bit, and Marvin Harrison Jr. in my opinion is the best player in college football. Yeah, I'm with you guys. Um, boy, I really really want to take. Penn State in this one for all the reasons. I love what Coach Franklin uh, is doing out there. Um, you know, I think this team, they've, they've done everything they wanted to do, right, to get ready for this moment. Uh, but, Brad, I'm with you. You said it. It's not in Happy Valley. It's in it's in the yep. horse. And with that, I've, I've got to give the nod to Ohio State. I may regret it later, but i got to give the nod to Ohio State. Uh, let's go to the SEC. Tennessee and Alabama. Another another really good matchup. You know, it's interesting. This Tennessee offense, for all of their, you know, the issues, they have really been good at running the football and, and they've scored in 33 and a half points a game, et cetera. But it's a different defense. I think this Miami or this Alabama defense rather is going to uh you know kind of control this game. I think Alabama wins this one at home. Um, I, I Alabama, I, I was really high on them after their win, the way they played in the second half against AM and then the first half against Arkansas. That second half against Arkansas was pretty bad, though. So uh, Nick Saban's got something to work on off a win. So he, I, I like him in this one. Yeah, I, I don't think Alabama is going to have a lot of trouble with Tennessee. I actually think um, a little bit of revenge factor as well. I think Alabama is going to cruise in this one and and take this one easily. I've got to go with the tide. Um, I think that Brad, you're right. The second half, they, there's some things they need to clean up, but there's there's no better janitor than than Nick Saban, right? So um, I think that Alabama, for their struggles and um, that they are not the Alabama teams we've seen recently, I think they're beginning to round into form um, of a team that's going to be right there in December, like they always are. They may prove me wrong. We'll see. Uh, but again, one of those games again. It's at Bryant Denny. It's a. Uh, it's not a, up in the Nayland, so uh, I'm going to go tied on this one uh, over Tennessee. Uh, finally, Texas at Houston Longhorns coming off uh, that bye week. Yeah, I, I like Texas in this one, man. They got a. That's a tough bye week coming off that loss they had, and then then you, they, they got to take it out on somebody. I think they're going to take it out on the Cougars here. Yeah, I think the Cougars, the Cougars are in in big trouble. There's. You know, you don't want a pack of cougars walking around at night and having longhorns come at them. And I think that's going to be a big problem. <laughs> I'm going to pause for a moment. Let that sink in. People listening. Yep. Oh. 
He got okay. Yep, he just that got was it. Mike Cagley. Is that is that is yeah, look that I, that's isn't that their uh, mascot? It is cougars. It is meow. All right. Well, uh, yeah, I'm gonna go Longhorns as well. Uh, not the same reasons Mike is going with them, but uh, I think Texas, like you guys said, that's a tough loss to sit on for a week. They've got something to prove. Um, look, everything that they want us to write there in front of them. Um, they're going to be favoring every game. They can run the table and get a revenge uh, matchup against the Sooners again, the big 12 title game. Uh, I'll take the Longhorns in this one. Uh, Cougars uh, will live to prowl another day. It's all right. We'll leave it there. Appreciate all the guests who came on. We appreciate you for listening as well. We have fun. Hopefully you did too. For Larry, uh, I'm Larry. For <laughs> for Mike and wow. Brad, our producer, Tony. Who am I? <laughs> editor John. Who am I? Who am I? What is I'm my Ron Burgundy? I'm, Larry. I'm a- Admiral Stockdale, or was one that guy's name? He's like, who am I? Where am I? <laughs> I mean, hey, you know, I usually work with a prompter of these things, right? I'm just winging it, which is that's why. We'll put the question mark after his name. <laughs> I'm Larry. I'm Larry. Admiral. <laughs> All right, guys. We enjoy. We enjoyed you. Hopefully, you enjoyed us. Enjoy the games. Enjoy the weekends. Right back here next time, next week on the same station. Uh, although they may fire me. I don't know. We'll see. See you next time. The preceding program is a product of Rise Above Productions and Revision Sound. Join us next week for the latest edition of the Gator Guys Sports Spectacular 